Hey, this is Cody Turner. In this episode of the podcast, I speak with my friend Eric Berg about anarchism. Eric is currently a PhD student in philosophy at the University of Connecticut, and he is a self-described anarchist. In this episode, we talk about many different things related to anarchism, including the distinction between anarchism and pure chaos, which anarchism is typically conflated with. We talk about the similarities and differences between individualist conceptions of anarchism and collectivist conceptions, the similarities and differences between Marxist communism and anarcho-communism. We talk about what it means to vote and have public safety in an anarchist society, what it means to completely eliminate hierarchy. And then we also talk about some current events that are transpiring in America that are related to the anarchist movement such as the defund the police movement that has recently gained credence in mainstream society, um, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone that's recently been constructed in Seattle, and other things as well. I think this is a really timely conversation given everything that's unfolding in America right now, and I'm glad that Eric could come onto the podcast. So buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. Welcome to Tent Talks on the Shelter from the Storm Podcast Network, a place to talk the rain away with your host, Cody Turner. There's a storm coming, Mr. Wayne. All right, so the first question I have is I feel like when a lot of people think about anarchy, they just think about, you know, people in black masks setting fire to buildings. They just think about complete chaos. chaos but that's, yeah, that's different yeah. than anarchy or anarchism as a philosophy. So can you just kind of like separate that, those two chaos from? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, the, their names don't spring to mind. I'm sure I have the paper somewhere, but um, a couple of economists have a great definition that, that I like, which is anarchy is that initial step from disorganization to organization. So it's kind of like it's it's the primitive step that a society goes through from not being kind of a collective unit to being a collective unit. But it holds back from kind of putting on a lot of the structures that we associate with um, with societies. Right. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it tends to hold back from, I mean, hierarchies especially, but it, it's more. The, the anarchistic question is what is kind of the, the, the base or the fundamental need to have an organized society without the extras, without the emergent properties, without that? What do you need to have a co cohesive community? And then we leave it at that. Hmm. So oftentimes you, you'll, you'll hear it talked about as um, adhering to the principle of free association, right? The idea that any association that you create you can opt in and opt out, but that these associations are meant to facilitate things that individuals can't do on their own, right? Hmm. So we do take the idea that there is some structure to society, right? There's certain, certain things that communities can provide that an individual on their own cannot, but we don't want to say that there's going to be someone in charge of that necessarily, right. other than the community itself being in charge. Okay. Um, yeah, so another, um, on that point, 
What's the distinction between collectivist anarchism and individualist yeah, anarchism? Yeah. When I was just doing some reading about it, it seems like they both reject external authority in the way that you're talking about. And they both want to maximize human freedom, but they have different conceptions of human freedom. Collectivists think that maybe human nature is more social and mm -hmm. and maximizing human freedom involves being a part of a community, whereas individualists have more of an individualist conception. Could you just say more about that? Yeah, yeah. So you're actually hitting my, my uh, elevator pitch on when people ask me what anarchy <laughs> is with these two questions. Um, so yeah, so, so broadly speaking, you can separate anarchy into two kind of groups. Um, the individualistic and the uh, collectivistic or collective collectivist kind of strains and no one's uh, like any other kind of philosophical distinction no one strain is going to capture one thinker perfectly there's a lot of crossover but generally the idea is that the individual the individualistic anarchists Somebody like uh, even something similar to a, a like a libertarianism. Somebody like an Ayn Rand, or yeah. Yeah. Uh, or the egoism of a Stirner, or you know those individuals are going to want to say that there can be no um, there can be no interference with the kind of the individual will. Um, whatever the individual wants to do, there ought not to be any constraints on that. Um, and so they're going to want to maximize the individual liberty. So is, is it fair to say that individualist anarchism is closer to libertarianism as a political yes. philosophy than collectivist anarchism? It seems like the only yeah. difference between the two is the individualist anarchist isn't even advocating for the conception of a minimal state. They think that right. can be privatized as well. Right, right. And, and, and uh, yeah, it'd be privatized, be, yes, very much so. Um, they're, they, they're going to want to get rid of kind of any hindrance to individual action. Um, and more so, I mean, they, they, they uh, oftentimes, at least uh, uh, recently, there's been a, a resurgence on the individualist side of anarcho-primitivism even, right? Where, that want to reject kind of modern society because it necessitates structure and go back to what, you know, a Hobbes or a Hume is going to want to say a natural state for a human is, which is out in the wild by themselves alone. Okay, so, so, um, so like that's the extreme individualists, yeah. <laughs> right? And, and they're, they're extreme. Anarcho-primitivists are an interesting group to, <laughs> to research. So they don't even want to live in a society. The other anarchists right. will say, we still want a society, just no yeah. external authority. Yes. They're saying, yeah, no, yeah. just burn yeah, it all down. Right, right. Um, and then on the other side, for the, like, the collectivists, um, there's actually uh, the, the recent book, by Jane Gordon, um, Statelessness and Contemporary Enslavement. Um, she actually has something that I, that I very much enjoy as kind of a base level for kind of the, the collectivist or more socialist, communist style anarchy, uh, which is a rejection of that idea, right? That the natural state of humanity is without a community. We're social creatures, right? Mm. The natural state of a human is to be in a society, right? Is to be in a community, right? You have a family, you have friends, you have acquaintances, right? So the, the, they reject the idea that, that, they're, that, that part of being human isn't having some kind of societal accountability. Um, and what the collectivist anarchists then do is, okay, what, how exactly does that, 
work? Like what at to what level or to what uh, amount of either coercion or it's not even really coercion. What wh how exactly should an anarchist approach the idea that you by definition have to be part of a commune or part of a society and a collective? So you have yeah, individuals yeah. like uh, Kropotkin, you have individuals like uh, Bookchin um, that are kind of Marxist with that. Um, but, uh, I mean, you even have somebody like Chomsky, who's a syndicalist, right, who says that there's kind of like this, the, the, the fundamental unit isn't necessarily the individual, the fundamental unit is kind of the syndicate or the, 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 associate, the, the kind of the nearest association to the individual. And that's sort of the political unit that is supposed to have the autonomy and the freedom and the, and the, uh, that's where anarchy gets pushed down to is, is that level rather than the individual. Um, so it's kind of like, if you can think of it, you know, if we're going to do a spectrum of this from say the anarcho primitivists who want to say that there's just absolutely no, it's not even tribes, right? Mm. It's just pure individual on their own. Yeah. You can kind of slowly step your way up. Right. As to what exactly the autonomy, uh, what exactly is being captured by the push to autonomy, um, which is why I like that those economists, when they talk about anarchy, is really the first step from disorganization to organization. Right. It's at what kind of level do you have a society? And then anarchists are going to want to say, OK, so before we take another step, you have to justify me, justify to me why we have to take that step. Um, so do the anarcho-primitivists, do they have a very kind of um, just m m more of a warm view of human nature, an anti-Hobbesian view of human nature? Because if Not they, necessarily, no. So they're just okay with yeah. chaos and life being nasty, brutus, and short? Yeah, they're, they're, they are... Yeah, they're, they're very much okay with... A lot of them are also... Um, um, very much uh, kind of on the extreme of environmental rights and mm -hmm. and um, um, and what a, what eco uh, eco justice actually looks like. So uh, and uh, I was actually just reading a post on Reddit about somebody that was asking about um, anarcho primitivism about, you know, uh, look at what human society has done to the planet maybe it would be better if we got rid of it. You know what I mean? Right. That, right. That's the sort of logic that they kind of go approach it with, either from the environment side or from, um, um, look at the, you know, the, the, the coercion and the, the racism and the sexism and the ableism that is forced upon people by a society that might not, and again, this is their argument. I'm not an anarcho-primitivist <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but their argument would be that yes, there would still be some of those in the natural state of humanity, right. but it would be less than now. I could see you kind of justifying that from a very like strict utilitarian point yeah. of view, where all sentient beings, all suffering matters if you're a sentient being, and right. maybe you'll maximize the utility of all sentient beings if you just rip down society. Or something right, like that. right, right. And 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 the 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 obvious pushback against that, and the one that that um, many people on that comment on Reddit or the post on Reddit were commenting was that 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 the only way to get there would be the death of millions. Right. right. It would be anybody that I mean, it's it's an inherently ableist 
position because anybody that needs modern medicine or needs any you know modern facilities to um, to function, um, we're just saying your life isn't worthy enough, quote unquote. Right. So um, yeah, so it's an inherently ableist position, but you could argue that after the you know, from a utilitarian utilitarian standpoint that after the collapse we'd be better off. The collapse itself might not be justified utilitarianly, but like in the long term point yeah, of view, but the aftermath, take that short term, yeah, so exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. See, so, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the difference between classical Marxism and anarcho-communism. So, sure. my kind of elementary understanding is they're both advocating for a public ownership of the means of production and, mm -hmm. and property, but the Marxists want some kind of state, maybe a dictatorship of the proletariat, and and the anarcho-communist just doesn't want any government whatsoever, just wants to eradicate all domination and hierarchy? Yeah, so so I actually was went back and reading um, Kropotkin um, recently, um, just with everything that's going on, um, just to reread it, uh, especially since I hadn't read it since I was in high school. So I wanted to reread it, make sure I knew what was going on. Um, and I mean, Kropotkin and, and the mutualists and the Marxists, I mean, they were all together in the, it was, what was their association? The first man, free man association in, in uh, free, Freeman Congress. I forget what the association was called, but it was it was a socialistic, anarchistic, mutualist kind of um, Congress that got together, and it was a bunch of thinkers, right? Followers of uh, Proudhon, followers of communism, Marxism, you know, the the thinkers that way. And the split between them was just that, right? So the Marxists um, and the communists and some of the socialists were okay with the idea that there is going to be a state. Now, I've been thinking a lot about that term, too, and we can get into that because that's a very ill-defined thing in anarchy is what exactly mm. a state is. Yeah. Um, but um, the, the Marxists are okay with the idea that there's going to be a state that's going to enforce kind of the equality or enforce the, the, the redistribution of wealth and, and supplies and everything else like that. Whereas the, the anarcho-communists are going to want to say that you don't need a state to do that. You need kind of almost a, 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 a as, as long as there's going to be no bosses, the workers are going to be able to work out within themselves where things need to go, resources, right? Yeah. It, it, the anarcho-communists and anarch anarchists in general rely very heavily on the idea that if you're face-to-face -face with somebody that needs something, then that's going to be kind of impactful to you, right? If your neighbor needs something, that means something, right? Because right. you're part of that group, you're part of that um, that association, right? I mean, this was Proudhon's idea, right? Everybody remembers Proudhon as property is theft, but in, oh yeah, I was reading about that. Yeah, yeah. but but I, I take the I take a very uh, a more subtle reading of Proudhon um, in the What Is Property, which is if you care about your neighbor as part of your community and as a human being with autonomy and 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 everything that that means, all the weight that that carries, and your neighbor needs X and you have X and can spare X then you're going to give them X because you care more about that person than you do about wi the widget than X, than the property. So it's not so much that property is theft is, is, is 
as it is caring about property more than humanity is the problem, right? And maybe that's not a fundamental attribute of humans, but just a yes. symptom of the capitalist system in which we yeah, live. Yeah, yeah. The idea that in, that in the end, what property is going to be is theft. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, you're gonna the those individuals that don't care about people more than than property, more than things, right, are going to be hoarding that, and they're going to be you know um, basically taking that from those that need it, right? Right. And so so it's not so much you know all property is bad. You can still have private property, but as long as you have a populace, or as long as you have the conception, kind of the 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 either the institutional memory or or the the kind of the culture of yeah, but people are more important, right? So in the end, it'll be as if there's no property because we don't care about that as much as we do other people, right? right? So that's sort of the the anarchistic kind of understanding of communal property. Right from that idea is that is that if 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 set up correctly and if people um, understand other humans as humans, property is going to be very non-important. It's going to be the social connections. It's going to be helping. It's going to be care. It's going to be these things. Um, we don't need a state to do that, right? We need you know in, in a certain sense we just need to educate people, or we need a better populace, or we need a populace that can express. Their humanity, that everybody can express their humanity um, and be recognized as a human. And then from there, you'll realize that humanity is more important than property. And you get the. Yeah. I guess one question I have is I kept coming across this idea of horizontalism. Yes. And that, and that the, the anarcho communists want to essentially eliminate all hierarchy in yep. the way that you're talking about. I'm wondering whether that's possible or feasible. Like, is, is will hierarchical. Um, organizations just spontaneously arise, even if you get rid of the state. What well, isn't isn't that just kind of um, something that naturally happens in the course of human affairs? And and then maybe additionally, could that be more efficient if you actually have someone that's directing people, as opposed to everyone having the same power and there is no hierarchical organization? So I guess yeah, is it uh, natural and could it potentially be more efficient for allocating goods and stuff like that? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, no, I've been uh, again. I've been thinking about this a lot recently. The the idea between the between a hierarchy and a structure, right? And there's there's been many. I mean, there's there's uh, Bone Shaker Books, uh, an anarchist bookstore in Minneapolis, as well as um, Mayday Books, which is more of a a Marxist um, labor movement bookstore, um, but at Bone Shaker Books is is run by a community committee, right? So you've got the the people that work at Bone Shaker Books are kind of standing members on the committee. So there's this structure that exists, but they can't act without community appointed members. Um, so people that don't work at the bookstore, but live in the community that the bookstore serves, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not that the employees have more say than anybody else, right? Than the community. Um, so that's that horizontalism, right? The owners, quote unquote, of the bookstore don't have more say on what the bookstore does than the community that the bookstore serves because they can't act without the their internal kind of structure is they can't act without these community appointed. And it's a rotational thing um, in the in the the the. 
the I think they're technically in Seward neighborhood, but they're like right on the border. But w- without those members, uh, the community members um, input on the, onto the committee. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a structure in place. Right. There are there's there's a committee. Right. Which is what I think a lot of people think of when they think of hierarchy. They think of that structure. Right. That there's going to be a committee or a council that's specifically going to be dealing with something. And that's not necessarily against anarchy. Right. It's it's how that committee operates, how they come to the decision, where that decision comes from. That's the horizontalism. And the 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 anarchist pushback against hierarchy is that when that council has more say, about what happens than the people, that's when you get that division, that hierarchy, right? Because then the council is over the people, right? Or the committee is over the people rather than the decision being horizontal. Um, so, so, yeah, so they, they might be specialized, right? These committees or these councils might be specialized. Mm. But the idea is that their authority is wrested horizontally from the people. It's just that they volunteered to, you know, put in their their time towards this collective work that the community wants to have happen um, that a small group can focus on and bring things to the community and go back and forth to make sure that that whatever happens with the bookstore right so so one of the initiatives that bone shaker books has is that that the community wanted very much to help with um, LGBTQ identified individuals and um, female identifying individuals in prison. Um, And so they wanted a bookstore to have some kind of educational program with the prisons in in Minnesota. And so they did that, right? So Brown Shaker Books did that because the community that they were from thought that that's what a bookstore in their community should do. So maybe it gets back to the conflation between anarchism and chaos. Like when people say yes. like, oh, there's no hierarchy. It's just a bunch of yes. people screaming at each other in a room and nothing gets done because right. there's no order. But the point is, no, no hierarchy doesn't imply no structure. There's still structure right. that allows for uh, reasonable decision making. Yeah, of but, course. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, 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 and you can look at the you can look at the history of, of places where anarchy has kind of prevailed. Right. You can look at um, Spain. You know, in the uh, years in and around the Spanish Civil War and the the kind of the anarchist territories had councils, but those councils were just kind of there to facilitate either dispute, you know, kind of uh, 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 um, uh, arbitration between individuals or um, what what the community wanted to do. And like international trade still happened out of the textile mills. And I mean, there was still what you would consider modern progress or like a modern society it was just the decisions were made horizontally rather than rather than um up a hierarchy chain or i think from the top down yeah i think that gets to my next question and that's how does how does voting work in this kind of anarchist communist community is it a version of direct democracy generally speaking yes and generally speaking um um, the push is usually towards uh, unanimous vote or unanimous consent. Um, okay. So you can look at um, the the uh, the liberated territories by the Zapatistas. Um, they move towards all of their councils 
Um, and they've, like I said, they've got structure that might look horror, uh, that might look hierarchical, but it's rather, I mean, it's an interesting, it's an interesting way that they get to a horizontal nature with it. But they've got, they've got community, uh, kind of communities that, that can organize the way that they want. And then they have representatives to a regional council. And then from those regional councils, they have a representative to kind of the whole territory. But along that line, they're looking to get to the compromises. They're looking at working together to get to unanimous consent of everyone in that territory. So they they move back and forth quite a bit, right? They'll go to they'll go to a regional council where nothing happens, and then the person will come back and try to explain what this other region needs, right? And why why you know this community might need to shift their position if they're willing right they they have a lot of um they 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 do a lot of work to get to that unanimous consent of every zapatista that's in the controlled territories and they kind of the 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 overall council the grand council really doesn't act unless the regional councils and and by in turn the the smaller communities have come up with the position. It's a bottom grassroots, bottom up um, process, rather than the grand council coming up with a plan and moving it down the ranks. Okay. Yeah, maybe you, know. you just answered my next question then, because my next question was going to be, what do you say to people that will say, yeah, maybe this kind of vision of governance can work on a small scale, but if you try to uh, upscale it to a nation of over three hundred million people, it's just yeah. untenable. But but the, and and then my initial pushback would be something like that, like the Zapatistas or an, another uh, group right now that unfortunately is in a lot of trouble um, is the the Kurds, the Syrian Kurds um, moved towards anarchy because it allowed each independent nation or each independent community to kind of best protect themselves against the tyrannical government and the you know the it, it, it turned them into some not a nation state that can be attacked by Syria right they were dispersed so anarchy kind of allowed them to exist culturally still be Kurds um, and fight better than a centralized um, administration so my fr- yeah I point to the Zapatistas I point to that I point to the international trade that was still happening um, during the Spanish Civil War in the anarchist territories um, but my next step is 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 these are also not what we would what most people would consider nations right right they're they're much different right because the the whole point of anarchy is to try and push the actual decision making as close to either the individual or the individual community as possible, right? So they have redistribution stuff uh, between is the Zapatistas have redistribution. Say one area does more uh, agricultural work and the other does more like mining or or masonry stuff, right? They do have a system to do that, but two communities can trade independent of the Grand Council saying that they have to, right? Like if they if those two communities come to an agreement, that's okay. Because it right. wouldn't be anarchism anymore if they had to obey exactly. by the Grand Council because exactly. that's an external authority. Right? So, so it's not it's, it's so so the Grand Council isn't like a nat isn't a nation or even a state in in Mexico like we would consider a state, um, because it's 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 a much more loose association yeah. um, because a lot of the 
the the hard decisions are left up to the individual communities and how they feel as a community they want to proceed right and that's kind of the the major pull for me or that that was for me towards anarchy which is the idea that that there's no separation between what is done in my community and kind of what we all want to have done in our community, right? The the idea that the that you know, say the American system where the federal government dictates a lot of what happens and tries to do it in the same way for California that it does for Minnesota, that it does for Massachusetts, that it does for Connecticut, that doesn't make sense to me, right? Because each one of those communities is going to have a different culture is going to have a different worldview is going to have a different way that they're going to want to do that they're probably going to be fairly similar right because you know we're we we we're in the same kind of area we're in the but there's going to be enough difference that if you tried to make a universal proclamation that you're not going to capture you're not going to represent everyone right and so anarchy is the idea that representatives have to represent actually the individuals there they have to be from that community they have to right like um the zapatistas the representatives live in that community there's none of this this stuff that you get in america where you have a representative that spends on paper 51 percent of their time in their home district but is actually basically from dc mm-hmm. right you're not from that community anymore and so there's a process to recall people in the Zapatista, right? It's a sophisticated system, right? You can recall representatives. You can do all of these things. You can change out leadership. It's just, it, it, instead of looking at it from a state onto the people, it's the people to the state, or not even the state, to the system, to the institutions. Is there a potential yeah. worry that anarchism is fundamentally unstable like how does an anarchist society deal with people that have just completely uh, different political opinions that don't want to be anarchist or what about a collectivist anarchist society that has a significant amount of uh, people that are individualist anarchist it seems like it would be hypocritical for the collective to say that you have to join our commune because that would be again an external authority imposing upon someone who wants to be an individualist anarchist and or just the danger of Maybe that grand council becoming tyrannical. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, no. So, so this is this is this is an interesting thought that I also get asked quite a bit when 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 I uh, or is related to a question I get asked quite a bit when people find out I'm an anarchist. Um, but so let's break your question down into into the the separate kind of points. So, yeah. uh, so what happens? If, what what happens to dissent essentially? What is dissent in an anarchist society if not everybody agrees? So generally speaking, you're going to want an opt-out kind of ability, right? That if you're not okay with this, uh, with whatever your community wants to do, then you have the freedom to associate, which means you have the freedom to not participate. Um, but I think that, that, that when, when, I, when we start talking about dissent and we start talking about kind of the, the, the withholding of consent to be governed or to be following this, we have a very specific, very kind of um, Rawlsian political liberalism way of looking at consent, um, where it's, it's kind of a, a yes or a no, it's on or off, it's, 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 it's kind of a binary choice. Um, 
and again, uh, recently recently reading Jane Gordon's uh, book that I mentioned earlier, she talks very much about um, that consent and kind of the act of dissent or withholding consent is about it's it's about offering alternatives, right? So it's not necessarily that consent means that that you're not willing to still be part of that society, right? I think that's that's the 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 mistaken conception that a lot of um, political philosophies have that if you that if you don't consent to one aspect of governance, that means that you're rejecting the whole thing, right? It's it's I dissent is an on and consent is an ongoing process, right? It's not an on or off. It's not a single thing, right? To say that you vote and then you have to live with whatever that vote is, that's 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 um, coercive, right? That's not anarchistic, right? So instead, you could think of something like, say, you have a an area that's very much, you know, a collectivist society, but you have a couple of the lone wolf, the individualists, right? Mm -hmm. They might not participate in everything, right? They might opt out, but they might still have work. Uh, you know, they might work or have a business or something in that society, right? The idea is that is that is that being part of that society means working with other people in that society, right? So if I dissent to a proposed idea right then the then then what society does is it's is it should hear my dissent and try and understand how to how to if, if i'm you know tied to that because my family's there because i have deep roots there right then my dissent means something again going back to kind of the property thing right like uh, the relationship is what matters not necessarily the policy that we're discussing so so the zapatistas talk about moving towards unanimous consent as that kind of process that i'm uncomfortable you know somebody comes forward and says i'm uncomfortable because of x y and z reason and the community has to engage with them on that right is almost forced to engage with them on that right mm -hmm. that everyone has a vote and that mm -hmm. what results from that i mean this is this is very democratic i mean we were both in the the, the political epistemology class this is yeah. very much it, it's it's a forcing of the giving and taking of reasons Right. Right. Everybody in the community has to has to is kind of forced by nature. If anything needs to get if anything is going to get done in an anarchist society, you have to give and take reasons. It has to be the marketplace of ideas. It has to be you engaging with your neighbor. Right. In good faith, because you're going to you're trying to come to a decision. Mm -hmm. Right. Otherwise, nothing happens. Nothing gets done. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's a structuring that that my dissent doesn't necessarily mean the disillusion of me to this or, you know, my complete removal from the society. It means that I'm voicing my opinion and mm -hmm. then that that should be engaged with. Right. So quick, quickly on that point, what yeah. about not just dissent, but extremely immoral behavior? Which I guess, generally speaking, how does this anarchist communist society deal with law enforcement? How does it deal with murderers? How does it deal with crime? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that 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 was the the kind of the second half of that original question. Yeah. Um, and that was one that gets tied to uh, a, a general question that I get when people find out I'm an anarchist, um, and that's what do you do with bad people? Right. Yeah. That, that's a that's 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 a very and it's a very legitimate question. What do you do with bad people? 
Um, I have a, <laughs> I have kind of a, uh, a cheeky response to that, and I have a legitimate response to that as I'll well. I'll take both. Uh, the cheeky response is, if anarchists have to deal with bad people, anybody that wants a state is really going to have to deal with bad people. Because you're creating, because people that believe in a state, that believe in that kind of level of coercive governance, yeah. are creating a position to where if somebody gets in power, can wield societal level harm rather than individual level harm, right? right? So the example that I always usually attach to that question is something like, well, what about the civil rights movement, right? Like that wouldn't have been able to happen in an anarchist society because the government had to step in and fix it. It's like, yeah, but the government caused that problem in the first place, right? Right. By allowing Bull Connor the societal level violence that he had, by allowing these racists the societal level control that they had, they created the problem that they in turn had to fix, right? Mm -hmm. So if we have to deal with, if anarchists have to deal with bad people doing harm, then individuals that are creating positions of hierarchical power really have to worry about that, right? Because you're giving an individual office or an individual person the ability to cause harm for generations upon upon millions of people right right so that's my cheeky response is okay. like well if we have to deal with it so do you right and i don't think you've dealt with it yet so if we come to an answer we'd love to hear well, there, it. i mean <laughs> to speak on behalf of the state sure um we do have systems like there's still yeah. a criminal justice system so i guess we, the question is, what is the alternative in an anar yeah, anarchist yeah, yeah, society? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and initially I would just say um, that one of the interesting things about um, 2020 and the era that we're in is we're finding out just how much of those are norms rather than laws, right? Mm. To deal with corruption, to deal with um, bad actors in government, that those aren't actually enforceable things, they're rather just norms. Um, at which point I would segue into my into the anarchist, which is that the, a most anarchists believe in in um, don't believe in re, uh, retributive justice, right? Eye for an eye, eye for an eye. We um, rehabilitative, transformative justice. Those are very much gonna be things that anarchists go for. Um, why do people cause harm, right? An anarchist is going to want to say it's something it, it would be it would be similar to the property conversation that we had. Right. The only way that you can cause harm to another person is if you don't see them as a person. Right. So instead of looking at those individuals as somebody that needs to be punished. Right. And they may need to do community service or something like that. That's what the Zapatistas do. They, they make you do collective work. Mm. But it's not about removing you from society. No, the issue is that you don't feel like you're part of this society. Right. You feel like you're on the outside. And that's uh -huh. why you've done harm. So you see these sorts of things in uh, I mean, the, the largest there's a great TED talk on this. Um, and I'm terrible at remembering names when I don't have notes in front of me. Um, but there's a there's a great TED talk by a uh, African um, activist um, um, on the justice system that you found in Rwanda after the genocide, mm -hmm. and it was all about. It, it wasn't about removing these individuals. It wasn't about necessarily punishing them. 
It was bringing them back into the community, right? That the people that they were fighting against, the people that they were killing, were their neighbors, and they had forgotten that, or they hadn't known that. So they still had to like pay penance with community service or something like that. But it's it's looking at them. How can we, how can we bring them back into society? You look at something like South Africa and the 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 uh, uh, reconciliation law, right? The idea of like, no, we need to continue to have a society, right? We need to continue to be a community. We need to bring them closer in, not cast them out by throwing exactly, them in a cell. Exactly, exactly, right? So, I, can so, I just ask one question? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I feel like someone would say at this point, it seems like um, one of your assumptions is, well, the, one of the main reasons people commit crime is because they feel isolated to begin with. They don't feel like they're a part of society. Yeah. So the solution isn't to ostracize them more, it's to bring them back in. Mm -hmm. But someone might say, well, yeah, but human nature is not just all a matter of nurture. It's not like people are all born good and then society messes them up and that's why they're bad. Some of it's nature as well. And some people, a fringe minority maybe, albeit, are just born psychopaths. Some people are born murderers. And in cases like that, maybe there are, for the vast majority of people, they're not beyond the pale mm -hmm. and you can... In implement some kind of restorative justice to bring them back. But there's going to be some people that sure. are just beyond the pale. And it seems like there has to be some level of coercion where sure. we ensure that they're not harming other people. So sure. there has to be some external authority to just keep those keep the rest of us safe in sure, this people. Sure. And, and 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 I'm not saying that there's not going to be kind of like an institution of justice. Um, <laughs> like I said during this the 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 in Spain during that time period, um, a lot of what the council does was kind of arbitration, right? Between disputes between individuals, which means that they were dealing with theft, they were dealing with bodily harm, they were doing that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um the kind of justice that gets doled out to them, that's the conversation we were just having, right? The, the kinds of things that were punishment um, is what you can change. Now, the argument that there's just going to be an inherent, you know, small percentage of the population that are going to be just bad actors. Yeah. Um, I, I, I take that point, but I also take the point that the va that, 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 or I, I offer the point that, um, most psychopaths and sociopaths and anybody that can actually have that kind of mindset are not violent, right? And the ones that are, there's usually some other problem that went on, right? So in my undergrad, I was toying with the idea of getting a, a minor in psychology because I was interested in that. Like I was interested in, um, in, um, quote unquote, I don't like the, the term abnormal psychology, but divergent psychology. Um, and you look at the, you know, when people think of psychopaths, you know, psychopathic killers, they think of Ed Gein, they think of the Unabomber, they think of these individuals. But if you dig into their history, it's, it's the abuse that they had when they were kids, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, 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 that nurture has, I think, a lot more to do with the controlling of impulse than, say, mm -hmm. the internal susceptibility to impulse you know, to, to not having impulse control, right? Mm -hmm. Ed Gein came from a terribly abusive family. Uh, the Unabomber, when he was an undergraduate at Harvard, was part of a psychological test where for hours a day, they would have people come in and challenge him 
vigorously on every single held belief that he had. He was essentially under psychological torture for months. Thank God. So you can kind of see it's like, okay, yeah, he might have had an underlying divergent um, mindset, right? Um, where impulse control was was problematic, but society didn't help, right? You know what I mean? We didn't tell, we didn't, we didn't nurture a communal or kind of a collective sense of of uh of belonging to help them understand you know to control that or to 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 make sure that that doesn't end up in violence right so so one of the one of the this kind of segues into another major thing that i that um people get confused about with anarchy right is they forget they they it's hard for them to see it as a holistic program right it, it's hard for people to understand anarchy because they think of it as chaos. They they don't think of it as a methodology towards towards the creation of a society. Right? Mm. They're going to want to say, "What is your, what is your, um, you know, what, what's your solution for this or what's your solution for that?" Right? Mm. Anarchy is a methodology of how to approach from bottom up society. Right. It's not just what are you going to do about teaching? It's like, well, communities are going to figure that out. Right. And also like, a lot of these questions right. are t like I'm assuming the framework that we're already living. Exactly. in, so the questions wouldn't even arise. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. If, if you're thinking purely theoretically. Right. And there's an issue between um, theory and praxis with anarchy, which we could talk about. I mean, that I'm assuming uh, uh, when we switch to current events, yeah. um, we're going to talk about the, some of the thoughts I have on anarchist pr praxis. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, it, it's, 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 if you're thinking purely theoretically from, from the ground up methodology of anarchy, a lot of the questions that I get as an anarchist are from the other methodology from a different concept a different starting place right? Right, right i mean this is why the separation occurred between uh the the at the time they were just called the socialist movements um but it was the anarchists the socialists the mutualists and the marxists right that that separation occurred because methodology methodologically they were approaching it fundamentally differently mm. um it was a reject. The anarchists were wholesale rejecting the idea that there's anything separable from the will of the people, right? And the mar and other leftists were like, well, no, you can have a little bit of control. You can have a little bit of something that goes against the will of the people. And so the, the, that that it's oversimplification of what what was kind of the conversation was there. Yeah. But generally, you know, kind of kind of overarching, that's the idea is that th we're approaching it from two fundamentally different perspectives. Um, one requires a lot more communal accountability, the anarchists. The idea that you need to start from day one understanding that, I mean, people have probably guessed I'm much more on the collectivist side and the mutualist yeah. side than, than the individualistic side. But from day one, if you understand that your individuality is at least partially defined by the society that you live in there's yeah. no individual without a group and there's no group without individuals right. then you understand that communal accountability means a lot right it means helping others it means you know making sure that you're not harming them seeing them as epistemic agents seeing them as autonomous individuals seeing their humanity first and foremost 
And the anarchist position would be from there, once we get that, yeah. then we can talk about everything else. Like, yeah. we need to get that first. And right. maybe once we get that, a lot of the questions that you're asking now won't even apply or won't even make exactly. sense because now we're operating exactly. in a different conceptual yeah. framework. Yeah, we, we, we can reject some of these questions as non-questions anymore. I mean, the, the two pieces that I sent you were Voltaire Declare. Yeah, um, I checked out one of them. Yeah, she's a, she was an American anarchist, a contemporary with Emma Goldman. And that, that was her position, right? So she was an anarchist without adjective or what's sometimes recalled to as sim simply anarchism. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the idea that, you know, usually you hear anarcho-capitalism or anarcho-socialism, anarcho-communism. And her pushback, and a lot of the anarcho-feminists' pushback is the, the economic system, like, we've got stuff to do before we even talk about that, right? Mm -hmm. there, there's, a whole, there's a social kind of movement a social process to anarchy that we've got to get to first the first question is we need to get to the point where everybody is seen as a human being mm -hmm. and then we can talk about everything else mm -hmm. and voltaire declare took it an even step further which is to say that one economic system is going to work for everyone that's very anti-anarchistic mm -hmm. right one society might be you know, better suited for a Marxist conception, one might be better suited for a capitalistic conception, right? Mm. So leave that to the communities, as long as everyone can express their humanity equally. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, jumping back to my conceptual framework sure. for a second, I'm still a little hung up. So even if I were to concede that, yes, most of human nature is shaped by nurture, yep. I still think that if you concede, if the anarchist concedes that Yes, there are. There's a fringe amount of people that might just be deranged and psychopaths, and we need to implement some kind of coercion on them to keep them keep the rest of the population safe from them, the serial killers. If you concede that, sure. then is that not a state? I guess this gets at it, like, it, are we now at the point where there's sure. some kind of minimal state that's arisen? Uh -huh. I guess yeah, this gets yeah. back to the conceptual question as to yes. what constitutes a state, because in my mm -hmm. mind, well. That's a state. That's a, that's some kind yeah. of state, right? Yeah. So I've been thinking, uh, uh, as I said at the beginning of the conversation, um, uh, I've been thinking about what a state is quite a bit. Again, from a from a uh, um, uh, a lot of this was brought up again when I went to Jane Gordon talking about her book. Um, because she's very much, she engages with anarchists as well as Marxists. And she had a lot of good questions for the couple of anarchists that were that were in attendance when she was presenting her book. And one of the things was, you know, institutions are okay, the state is not. The charge to the anarchists is, is what's that distinction? What's mm -hmm. that difference? Mm -hmm. um, so I've thought about that a lot. Uh, and I actually returned to Rousseau and trying to reread Rousseau, but not with kind of a, uh, you know, I'm not trying to read it towards Rawls. I'm not trying to read it towards some of these other individuals. I'm trying to read it towards anarchy, right? Mm -hmm. I'm reading anarchy into, into Rousseau mm -hmm. to see what, you know, to see if his ideas can mesh or if I get something out of it that way. Mm -hmm. And um, it's very much... <sighs> The, the idea of a separation between, you know, Rousseau talks about the body politic um, and the, 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 the general will of the people. Um, and I think that's probably the best place to look for for a definition between, say, an instit a public institution and a state. And it's, is there a separation between what the general will of the people is and what that entity is doing? 
a, an, a public institution follows the will of the people that want it, right? So you can look at the revolutionary schools and the Zapatistas, right? They want, the, the, the will of the people is that they want a standard of education. They want the, the sharing of ideas. They want kind of this, this you know, as we do in America, as, as, we, as everybody seems to want, right? You want this general level of education for everyone, right? Yeah. But those schools might look different and probably do look different in different communities, because they're going to focus on that community's history or the way that community sees things, right? And, and so there's a great book, uh, Autonomy is in Our Hearts. Um, again, I, I'm terrible with names, but that's, that's the title of the book. I forget the author. Um, but it's about the Zapatistas, but it's specifically about the native languages of the Zapatistas and how their concept of collective work comes from that. And there's a handful of, of uh, different native um, peoples that make up the Zapatistas. And so each one of those is going to have different schools based on that language, that history, that culture, right? There's going to be a standard of education across the entirety of the Zapatista liberated territory, mm -hmm. but they're going to be individualized, right, for that community, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would see that as a public institution, right? Mm -hmm. The institution of education in, for the Zapatistas is directly tied to the community that it's serving, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't differentiate or it doesn't um, move from, it doesn't differ from what the people that it's serving want it to do. So when you make that jump, that's when you get the state. And when you separate that, as soon as that institution can do something that the general will of the people doesn't want necessarily, yeah, I think that's where the emergence of the state comes from, right? Which okay. is still a very vague kind of well, idea. No, that, that's definitely right? helpful for sure. It's but I mean, that's that's uh, you know, uh, Kropotkin identified anarchy as a populist movement, generally speaking, right? It the Bottom idea, up, right? yeah. but yeah, exactly. The idea is that it's supposed to come from people right yeah. that that there's not this Rawlsian institution idea right that the the office is somehow separable from the person that that's the state right this this it, it, the the body politic and the institution should be co-identified mm -hmm. right the people are the government are the people um, and any separation between that is where you start getting that state in so there might be um, like I said, when, when it comes to, you know, the, 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 the public institution of justice, right, yeah. there might be individualized coercion, right, where one individual did something wrong and so now the society is forcing them to do community service or, or is forcing them to, you know, um, deal with some of the, the issues or some of the consequences of what their action was, Um but that's going to come from how the will of the people wants that to happen, right? I mean, the direct I, will of the people, the direct not will the representative, people, right? Not the representative, bureaucrats. not the yeah, not the not the the institution, but the will of the people. And I mean, I, I think this is a this is a good segue to what we're talking about right now, which is police departments. Yeah, the, yeah. The police departments don't represent the the will of the communities that they're supposed to be serving. Right. Mm -hmm. They are they 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 don't they don't a they don't represent those communities. Right. They don't live in those communities. They don't they don't um, come from them. They don't. They, they, right. They're they're being policed by somebody 
two cities over or something like that, right? right? So that's your first problem. And your second problem is is that is is when people say that they don't want these armed responses, that they don't want this, they're not being listened to. So that would be state, right? Yeah. That 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 that's the thing that anarchists push at. That's the way we look at something like that is you're not listening. You, somehow you're separating the will of the people from the governance of that people. And right. that's not okay, right? Yes, yeah, so let's let's talk about this whole defund the police thing. Then we'll get to the autonomous zone in sure. Seattle. So sure, sure. very heavily connected. <laughs> yeah. So first my basic impression this is, seems like it's really gone viral like over the past or it's a uh, it, it's gained a lot of more mainstream credence yes. to fund the police narrative yes. within the past couple of weeks as mm-hmm. everything has unfolded mm-hmm. and my initial impression was well what, what do you mean you're just going to abolish the police and i kind of went back to the chaos part of it right. i'm like oh was he just advocating for chaos then right. i looked a little deeper into it and i found that there was actually a lot of nuanced policy proposals yes. behind the movement like for mm-hmm. example someone was saying Think about all the things that we send, um, all the duties that we allocate to policemen. If someone's having a mental health crisis, then we send someone with a gun. Why don't we yes. have mental health professionals that are trained that mm-hmm. can show up there? Yeah. Um, and then other people were saying, well, we're not saying abolish the police departments. Maybe some segment of it is. But we're saying, look how much money is being funded towards healthcare and education versus the police and mm-hmm. it's so much more towards the police so yes. it's not radical at all to say that we should defund the police no. it's just completely sensible yeah um and but 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 so there's that but then there do seem to be a more radical element of it that's saying no 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 we actually want to just abolish the police mm-hmm. and I guess my question there would be, okay, well, you have to replace it with something how are you going to deal with violent crime so I guess I, I don't know which is the bigger segment of this movement? Is it the radical segment? Obviously, the conservatives will say, like, everyone, it's all radical. Of course. Is it the... Um, we, we've returned to a day and age where the propaganda of the anarchist is outside agitator is back. <laughs> yeah, you said that during text. I want, <laughs> yes. I, so, yeah, first, can you elaborate on what you mean by that? And then sure. can you just give me your overall opinion on the whole defund the yeah, police Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a very old... That's a very old propagandist move against the anarchists. Um, is we're outside agitators that we're that we we show up in communities that we're not from simply to cause chaos the antifa just right flying into minneapolis to hijack the peaceful protests and 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 partial you know we're all about community uh, accountability so i'm going to be accountable for my community of anarchists yeah in history we have done some violent stuff i mean it was anarchists that assassinated archduke franz ferdinand right like we we the anarchists have not just like any political movement there are going to be the ones that are okay with violence and the ones that are not okay with violence yeah um but the anarchists as i mean we the the red scares in america the anarchists were in there with the communists and the marxists right um i started my journey on anarchy looking at the trial of uh sacco and vincetti um the two uh uh italian born anarcho-communists who were and and i cannot stress this enough framed for a murder and went to prison 
because they were anarcho-communists and they were Italian-born. They were immigrants, right? They were outside agitators, mm-hmm. right? And that goes. I mean, I mean, the, 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 in the history of where anarchists have been part of a movement, we oftentimes the anarchists are the scapegoats. You can look at that in Russia during the Russian Revolution. Um, um, we the anarchists helped take down the the status quo, and then the Stalinists demonized the anarchists to get them out. Um, during the Spanish Civil War, the you know the the uh, communists had problems with the anarchists, and the infighting caused the fascists to be able to come in and take over. Right um, earlier in Seattle, when when there was union, you know the 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 big union pushes and the the marching for the eight hour wage, anarchists were right there with all of the labor unions. Um, but then, as soon as the anarchists wanted to go a step further than just the eight hour wage. All of a sudden, we're the outside agitators. We're we're the radicals. We're the we're the 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 ones on the outside coming in to mess things up. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a very the, there's a very long history of us being called outside agitators. Is um, there some truth to that with respect to what's happened in America over so, the past couple of weeks? Because I have look, I have I get that the conservative media is just focusing on all of the violent mm-hmm. riots to the complete neglect of the peaceful protest and of the police brutality, and yes. they shouldn't be emphasizing that. But I have seen some people that look like Antifa that are burning down things. Sure, sure. Um, and 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 again, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that some of those individuals aren't anarchists because, sure, they probably are. There's going to be some there, but the vast majority of anarchists, <laughs> the, the 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 way that we approach things is, yeah, if we're going to get hassled by the cops, we're probably going to fight back. Um, if we're, we're going to want to push to get things, you know, uh, we're going to want to storm the, the Minneapolis precinct and burn it down. Um, but we're also going, we're also the street medics in these protests, right? The anarchists have a long tradition of working with co-ops and homeless shelters and, and being outside of the system, quote unquote, yeah. but from the community, right? Mm-hmm. So the the you, I talk about bone shaker books, right? Mm. Um, they've had some issues with permitting and stuff like that from the from the city government, but they're from the community, right? They're community members. Um, so people will just look at like the the fringe anarchists that are committing the violence and neglect yeah. the community based yeah. anarchists that are doing yeah. a lot of good. And 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 so th- this is a good place to. I know you've got the other question um, that we're getting, but but this relates to all of this. Yeah. So so uh, I, I mentioned earlier that that I've that there have been problems with anarchist praxis right not the theory but the how we go about doing this that i have issues with um and that a lot that other anarchists have had issues with i mean i've had great conversations with um len kimmerman in the department about this um and one of the issues that anarchists that that anarchist praxis has had in the past and continues to have is an all or nothing mentality um, we're ve- anarchists have historically been very bad at, at accepting incremental progress. 
we want the revolution to happen. We want the the state to be overthrown. We want to get rid of it, right? right. Historically speaking. Right, right. And the only way the, the 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 I mean you read the early Kropotkin and it is you know words of a rebel. He is a provocateur. He's he wants to go in and he wants to cause a revolution, right? And he's okay with the violence as long as that happens. Um one of the pushes that you get from peace anarchy and a lot of the kind of the modern anarchists is this acceptance of incremental progress. That what anarchists should really be doing is is not trying to push all the way to the revolution, right? Um, not trying to. Uh, anarchists have also talked about accelerationism as a concept, right? Mm, like, yeah, I've heard of that. Let's yeah. let's just try and let's vote in the worst people possible so that the system tears itself down, right? Oh, right, yeah. Um, but there's been a move away from that, generally speaking. Um, but again, it, it, you know, it, no group is a monolith and no, so no anarchist is going to be able to tell every other anarchist how to be an anarchist. That's the antithesis of what we are. Right. 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 So to say that there isn't still, um, you know, those provocateurs and those revolutionaries and those acceleration accelerationists and the anarcho primitivists that just want to burn everything would be lying. Right. Those still exist. But. But that is a type of anarchist that is losing kind of ground, generally speaking, um, on the online communities that I frequent and, and a lot of the discussion of anarchy. Those, those are losing steam because of, you know, like we were talking about with the, the anarcho-primitivists, it's inherently ableist. Uh, the accelerationists are inherently going to cause massive problems before the revolution happens. People that want to cause immediate revolution are also going to cause a lot of death in the meantime. And it might not just be efficacious, right? Exactly. They, might, they, they might get so exactly. much pushback that they're just, they set the whole movement back for a generation where exactly. you could actually get that utopia yeah. that you want. Yes, Via incremental progress, even yes. though it doesn't seem like exactly. that in the short term. Exactly. So, so, so it's it's complicated when you when you when when you're trying to say that anarchists aren't outside agitators, like I want to say they are. Very much so. You know, there are still going to be those individuals that want to tear the system down, and will do it with Molotov cocktails, and will do it with whatever they can. Um, but just because you hear anarchist doesn't mean you should hear revolutionary, right? Mm. That you that you should hear militant, right? Mm. Like I said, the the anarchists that I know, the anarchists that that um, you know I grew up with in and around Minneapolis, worked at you know bicycle repair co-ops and bone shaker books, and right they were very they were peace anarchists, right? right. They they were we should what we should be doing is we should be creating alternatives to show people that there's a different way. Right. Change the stereotype in the popular imagination. Yep. And demonstrate that there's something other than state. Right. right. That if we can do this from a community level, from a grassroots level, we can demonstrate to individuals that this is this is what we mean. Right. When we mean anarchy. Right. It's yeah. the kind of a PR move. <laughs> right. And we're not the outside agent. We're your neighbors. We're just your neighbors that that have a completely different conception of what that could mean. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, but we've had a lot of 
uh, you know, to say that especially white anarchists have had a lot of issues with that in the past. I mean, I, I keep coming back to Kropotkin, but he was not okay with the sexual liberation anarchists of the day and age, right? Um, he was not okay with Oscar Wilde being a homosexual. He was not okay with Emma Goldman's um, push for birth control, right? He was still very conservative when it came to that concept, right? Mm -hmm. um, to sexual libera liberation, right? And very much so the, 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 the white anarchists have also had very terrible relationships with um, movements of people of color, especially in the United States, because of that idea that, that we want to keep pushing it, right? So, so we, don't, we don't follow well, right? Because we want to just jump in and push it all the way to the extreme, right? Mm -hmm. um, which, is, which is not okay, right? Is maybe another part of the problem that it's hard to get a unified movement yes. of anarchism precisely because of what you said. Anarchists mm -hmm. can't um, tell other anarchists what we should be doing yep. and impose that authority without fundamentally undercutting mm -hmm. their philosophy. Yeah. So it's harder to like, get that consensus yeah. to really... Uh, um, be more efficacious for political change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you go on to if you go on to the anarchism subreddit, you get a perfect snapshot of what it means to be part of that community, mm. because it is it's debate, and mm. it's the it's it's the give and take of reasons, right? It is mm. people engaging and talking about you know, especially nowadays, the big the one of the big things that is going on in that subreddit is what should our role be at protests, right? Mm. What should our relationship be with BLM, with, the, with these movements, right? Yeah. And the majority fall on the side of support, right? The majority have, have because of the conversation that we're just having, right? Looking yeah. at our history, looking at, you know, the, the, the issues with the revolution and the rebellion, right? The majority are, no, we should be there in a support role, Right. Like if we are, if we truly again, if we were truly return to the initial question is we have to see all human beings as human, mm. then we should be 100 percent behind BLM. Right. And right. their voices should be at the forefront and that like, we shouldn't take it over. Don't try right? to co-opt it. Don't try our... and co-opt it. Don't try and do anything. You do have the 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 people on there, though, that are for you no know, tear it down. Right. We should. Here, be, now's our chance. Now's our chance. Let's jump right? on this the revolution unrest. is now. Right. Exactly. So that's why I have conflicting feelings about the autonomous zone in Seattle. Right? Yeah, let's talk about that. Because I, I understand, I deeply understand the want, right, to declare yourself an unstate. Right? So can we just explain to people listening sure. what this So it's um, a bunch of people have allocated a few blocks in the mm -hmm. middle of Seattle near the police department and declared near it in the capital yep. near the mm -hmm. capital. They've declared it an autonomous zone. Yes. There are no policemen. They've uh, said this is not part of the United States anymore. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that the basic idea? Yeah. 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 They're, they're following uh, very much in the, the Zapatista kind of way of, of going about it. Right. The Zapatistas took over an area and said that we are, I mean, the Zapatistas are an interesting because they're, they're still okay somewhat with wanting to be part of Mexico as almost the autonomous zone of Mexico. But they, they basically declared that they weren't part of the state that they were in, right? Mm. That this is free. This is Zapatista autonomous zones, mm. right? And so, they're, the, so Seattle is very much following that, 
right? Where they set up barricades and blockades and they say this, this is an anarchistic or kind of a free, a stateless entity. They have tents and stuff. They've got tents, they've got food distribution, they've got, they're they're trying to set up a a society based on what we've been talking about right now, right? right? right. They're trying to start from the bottom and, and build something else, build an alternative, try and, try and demonstrate the alternative to people that are watching right now. Like Mm -hmm. you can have this. And if you, and if you dig into what they're doing, right, they're, they're, they're feeding, they're feeding people. And artists are just creating and they're having like documentary uh, um, education nights where they watch documentaries and they have public debates and they have, you know, they have public, you know, public uh, art galleries and they're, 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 they're kind of freely feeding people, right? All of the, the, the homeless individuals have a tent now and, and they've got food and water and clothing and everything else. And actually I, I read a story earlier today of, um, a homeless individual that had a, a mental health episode and the way that they handled it was they got a social worker that was part of them to come over and they got people to calm him down and they get they, no guns. <laughs> now at one point, I think somebody had to kind of forcibly contain him so that he wasn't like running through the tents, knocking stuff over, mm-hmm. but no violence. No, no, like they just, what, what's the problem? How can we help? You know, just calmed them down. Right. So one thing I've seen on tw- on Twitter, and I, I don't know to the extent in which this is true, but people are saying there's this SoundCloud rapper <laughs> who's essentially taken over this autonomous zone, and now he's ruling it with an iron fist. So um, one of the things that I read this morning, and again, it's it's so hard, it's so hard online to know what's true and what's yeah, not. Exactly. I, I can, um, could be t- totally false. But what I've heard online is that is that there's a that there has been an increase, at least, you know, I don't do very much social media. I'm essentially only on Reddit. Um, and then a very unique, weird, anarchistic punk rock corner of Reddit. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, but uh, there has been uh, there there was a post on Reddit that was that was showing that a lot of these these kind of um, anti-autonomous zone posts are being posted by Reddit accounts that are very young. And that it seems like there's a push to try and discredit the autonomous zone, that there's a push to try and increase the paranoia within the autonomous zone that they're being infiltrated by the feds, right? A lot of these posts are being tied to Reddit accounts that have just been active for like a day or two. Um, hmm. um I, again, you don't know if any of this is true, right? I'm yeah, suspicious thing, of man. literally everything that I read on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, ne- but you never know, right? You, you, you never know if this is a is a PR move or or what's going on. So I don't know. I haven't heard the SoundCloud <laughs> SoundCloud rapper one, but um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. But so so that I I, I get that want. Yeah. by the autonomous zone right, right, right. The, the 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 push to the to what we want to eventually get to right mm. to the end of the revolution this is what we want to have right we want to have a a a a um a society with no police with social workers with food for everyone where everybody can learn and create art and and be human right just be human mm-hmm. um but in the same time that's taking 
that's co-opting. That's taking focus away from what I think could be a lot more helpful to anarchists, which is national conversation about divestment from the police, national conversations, conversations that that African-American organizations have been having for years. I mean, like th these aren't new um, yeah. black. Uh, um, what's her name? Nor um, of Black Visions, uh, Minneapolis um, nonprofit. Um, has been talking about this for, for, for years and years and years and years, right? Like this is one of the things that they've been talking about is the divest and defund, mm -hmm. right? This isn't a new idea. Um, and now that that's become mainstream, the autonomous, I, I understand the want for the autonomous zone, but it's gonna, it's, it, it feels like it's not what we should be pushing our energy behind right now. And the conservative media apparatus, they're already jumping all over it and, you know, using it to paint this. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, I, I do see how it could potentially yeah. backfire and set the movement back. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and a movement that, that, again, anarchists should not be at the forefront of, right? I mean, black anarchists, right, or, uh, you know, Steve Nunes in the department, um, uh, calls himself an anarcho-phenonian, right? Um, then there are native anarch, uh, nativist anarchists as well, right? The Zapatistas, right? The native, uh, the native peoples, um, anarchy movements, right? But, but the vast majority of anarchy has come from a very white, very European framework, and and in a movement like this, where we're not. You know, I, I, I make the comment that we are oftentimes propagandized as the outside agitators, but the violence that we have had against us pales in comparison to the violence against the African-American community in, in, in the United States. And so I feel uncomfortable with white anarchists coming forward and saying, okay, now let's, let's just keep pushing. It's like, no, let's get this so that our... Our Let's comrades ride the wave of BLM. Exactly. Well, yeah. and and no, so that we can fight for our neighbors, right? Like I, yeah. I, I come from Southside Minneapolis. I, right. I want to fight for my neighbor. As an anarchist, what I should want is to fight for my neighbors so that they stop getting killed by the police, right? Right. That's that that would be just like Seattle is trying to demonstrate what an anarchist society ought to look like. An anarchist making sure that their neighbors don't die. Is also, you know, demonstrating what an anarchist should. That's stand actually for. more anarchist exactly. than having the mindset. Let's co-opt this for any exactly. political ends that I have. Exactly. That's not anarchist. Exactly. The whole point right. is, like you said, the human to human. Yeah, the human to human. My neighbors, right? Like this, this affects them more than it affects me as a white cisgendered male anarchist, right? Mm -hmm. um, my rebellion is acceptable. Right. Because I am this white cisgendered male American. Right. Me being an anarchist, people think that it's interesting or that it's cool. They, do, they don't necessarily think of it as dangerous. Mm -hmm. But being an African-American in this country, being a black and brown body in this country is just inherently seen as dangerous and not human. And as an anarchist, what I should do is I look at a movement, the BLM movement, the divest and, and abolish movement, and I should just 100 percent be behind them, give them mm. support, allow their voice to ring forward because it hasn't until now, mm -hmm. right? So I should stay on the backside.
you know <laughs> yeah so that, that a lot of this is happening right now because uh, you know uh, conversations happening on reddit right now of anarchists going no what we should do we should not take this over we should not push we should learn from what happened to the anarchist communes in the 60s when they were all taken out right and they never worked and we should learn from that that incremental progress and trying to build as big a mutual aid network as possible that's what we should be doing and that means being quiet <laughs> right. for the most part. So what's your sense about everything that's happening right now and where it's going? Like, are you are you hopeful for the anarchist movement? Like, how do how long do you th what's I don't know. You can take any part of it. What do you think is going to happen to the autonomous zone? Where do you think this defund the police hmm. uh, agenda, which has gone mainstream? Is this just a fad that's going to dissipate? We'll be in the same place that we are. Or do you get the mm -hmm. sense that we're really on the brink of potential monumental change here or you just don't know things are crazy everything changes um i i'm i'm forever hopeful <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm an anarchist and so we oftentimes very pessimistic <laughs> when we come when it comes to this sort of stuff but i've always been uh hopeful i've always been an optimist um so i want to say that there's going to be change monumental is going to be you know depending on what you think monumental change is um, I mean, we were at, uh, I was at uh, the Hartford protest yesterday. How was it? Um, it was good. It was good. It was, uh, it was young people, which I like seeing. It was undergraduates and high schoolers, um, which I think they understand this a little bit better sometimes than the people that have been entrenched in the way things are for too long. Um, but I mean, the, the, I don't know exactly where that budget you know, they're because they're voting on the budget right now in Hartford. And I don't know exactly where that's coming down. One of the council members came out and said that they that where they're at right now is a 21 percent decrease in police budget. So that's not bad. That's a step. It's not what we want, which is, you know, all 40 is it something like 43, 45 million dollars going to the police. We don't want that there. Um, but it's a step. Right. I think the, the Minneapolis City Council is meeting tomorrow. Um, um, so we'll see what vote happens or we'll see what happens with that. Right? They say they have a majority, right? They say they have a veto proof majority because um, because uh, Frey, the mayor, is not behind this. Um, oh, yeah. He, he's he he's not for disbanding. Um, I think think he said something about divestment but he's not for disbanding did you see is, the video of him getting of him fucking shamed exactly exactly <laughs> well i mean but that's again that's like as an anarchist i look at that and i say yes right like if you're not going to listen to the people you can leave right mm -hmm. we don't want you to die we don't want harm to come to you we just don't want you to represent us right you're right. no longer embodying the voice of the people so leave Right. Mm -hmm. We don't need you anymore. We don't want you anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see uh, again. Tomorrow, I think, is when they're voting. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like afterwards. I mean, um, there was a there was a town in New Jersey, New Jersey. There was another town that disbanded their police uh, a couple of years ago. And, and what they did was they made all of the police officers reapply. And a lot of the ones that had. Um, that they knew had um, complaints against them didn't get rehired, right? So it was kind of, it wasn't so much of a disbanding as it was a purging, <laughs> okay. right? They, they kind of, they tried to purge the roles from, of everybody that had complaints against them. I think um, I heard about that, but someone was saying, actually, no, they didn't disband it. They just mm -hmm. replaced it with the broader county. Yes, 
Yeah. So they actually ended up having more police. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, mm-hmm. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they disbanded and they all had to reapply to their jobs at the county level. And a lot of them that had complaints didn't, you know, didn't get back in. So it was, it was more of a purging than it was a restructuring <laughs> or like, a, you know, a, a, a true um, change from what the status quo was. But I, I, I am, I think enough people are aware of what's going on. And I mean, the, 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 the evidence of the violence and the evidence of the lack of humanity that many, most cops have <laughs> is now, is now publicly viewable, right? The, it's crazy the, how public opinion has seemingly shifted dramatically over the past couple of weeks. There's, there's, you know, I, I think Trevor Noah kind of put it best when he's like, when he said that, that, that you have to look at this in the backdrop of COVID, right? We, we, we're all locked at home looking at our social media feeds. And the <laughs> yeah. only thing that we are seeing is again and again and again, abuses by the police, right? You right. can't have that level of evidence <laughs> and not start to have a shift of opinion about what's going on. Well, I think that's a good spot to maybe end, man. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'd, I'd love to do this more if you have other questions or a separate thing to talk about. But yeah, no. absolutely, bro. Thank you for coming on. Oh, yeah, not a problem.